Right, so we have a new UFC lightweight champion of the world and his name is Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira defeated Michael Chandler via TKO in the second round at the main event of UFC 262. My name is Rahul J. Chan. This is the Battle Camp. Thank you very much for joining me. All right, so... Um, Going into this fight, I didn't make a preview, right? I didn't share my thoughts going into this fight. I didn't make a prediction uh, during fight week. Um, but I felt inclined to sit here and make this video today because I really enjoyed the fight and um, I really respect the journey of Charles Oliveira. So I just wanted to speak on that a little bit. Um, but before I speak on the fight itself and Charles Oliveira as a fighter... Um, going into the fight, I had my reservations about Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler competing for the belt because I didn't feel like they were the right guys. Um, I've spoken about this in previous videos. I felt like Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier were the two guys that should have been fighting for this for, for this vacant title, uh, both being the, you know the most recent interim champions and guys that had recently lost to Khabib. Um, but now that this fight has happened, I've kind of changed that opinion because um, neither Michael Chandler or Oliveira have ha ever had the name attached to Khabib. And I feel like for the greater good of the division, it kind of feels like... You know, it's good to have a, a brand new face as the champion, someone that has no no uh, relationship with our old champion, Khabib, a guy who, you know, retired and relinquished the title. Um, to be clear, though, I did feel like both of these guys needed one more victory against uh, uh, a big name in that division to really cement, to solidify them as um, actual title contenders. Um, but... It is what it is. We are where we are. A lot of the time in the UFC, kind of, you know, it's 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 more about being in the right place at the right time than it is, you know, what you've actually physically done in the octagon. Um, I feel like this is one of those occasions. And, you know, they both got given an opportunity that I don't actually begrudge them for because they're both very similar in terms of their journey. Right. So they both have been um, fighting at the high, fighting at the highest level for over a decade. They both had their fair share of wins and losses, ups and downs. And in terms of their journeys, like you can't sit here and say, oh, they don't deserve it because they put in the work, they put in the hours, they put in the graft and fair play to them. You know, they've been given an opportunity. They took it. Um, the fight itself, like I said, I, I, I didn't have, I didn't make a prediction because I couldn't separate the two. I felt like going into the fight, Charles Oliveira had the better, the better arsenal, uh, more tools in his toolbox um, when it comes to to the stand up. Um, but I felt like um, Michael Chandler had the best tool because I felt like his explosiveness and his power um, would have a massive, massive influence on how this fight went. Um, the fight itself, I, f I really enjoyed it because, you know, it lasted, what, six minutes, right? Um, but there was so much action in those six minutes. And, and both fighters got the fight in, in, in the domain where they feel most comfortable. So Michael Chandler hurt Oliveira. Now, whether he knocked my, uh, Oliveira down or whether Oliveira dropped down um, himself to try and secure a takedown, I don't know. Um, but he hurt Oliveira, right? That's fair to say. And Chandler had the opportunity to finish the fight with his with his with his um, punches, and Oliveira was able to navigate out of those deep choppy waters. And on the other hand, Oliveira was able to get Michael Chandler on the ground, and he got his back. And Chandler was able to navigate out of that situation, explode out of um, of of that position or of that position in the ground, and, and get the fight back standing. So both fighters had had the fight in their grasp in terms of uh, a position where they felt most comfortable. Um, and their opponent was good enough to um, to not lose within that position.
I found that interesting. I enjoyed that. Um, the way the fight itself ended, um, I was surprised, but not surprised, right? So I felt like Oliveira had enough power to hurt Chandler, but I felt like Chandler had enough experience of being in those adverse positions to be able to get himself out of them. Um, but the thing that surprised me a little bit, um, I suppose, is when, when Oliveira hurt Chandler, is just his killer instinct and the way he kind of uh, was able to you know we see this often in fights right when a fighter's hurt his opponent it's almost like the adrenaline gets the better of him the moment gets too big for him and he throws a flurry of punches and you know some of the miss <clears throat> Oliveira um, was able to land consistently in that short you know five second time frame from when he first knocked China down to when the fight was eventually finished so um, the temperament, the mind state of Oliveira in that moment is, I suppose, what int uh, what, what um, kind of uh, impressed me a lot, I think is the best way of saying it. <clears throat> but Charles Oliveira himself, right? So this is what I wanted to kind of just touch on a little bit in this video. Um, as a fighter, Charles Oliveira. So look, we heard going into this fight over and over and over again. And then once he became champion, we, we, we heard people talk about how he's had the longest journey. Um, of any fighter to within the UFC before he became champion, right? So he's been in the organization for 10, 11 years and he's finally, he's finally the king of the mountain. Um, and obviously that's, that's, you know, that doesn't happen very often. There's a reason why people are making a big deal of that as a fact, because, um, you know, it, when someone has the journey that Charles Oliveira has had, within the UFC, it's very rare for them to finally reach the top of the mountain after such a long kind of journey with, with, with such big ups and, and, and downs. Um, and just to kind of add to that, there's a couple of things that um, I feel like Charles Oliveira is an anomaly to, he's the exception to the rule. Uh, the first thing is when a fighter joins a, a top organisation such as the UFC at such a young age as Charles Oliveira did at 20 years old, Generally speaking, they age like a, a blonde bird that smokes 40 cigarettes a day, drinks on a regular basis and goes on, on the sunbed twice a week. Like They start looking older than they actually are. Um, Charles Oliveira is the opposite because he's 31 and it feels like he's still yet to reach his prime. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's testament to his, you know, just his his hunger for the game and the way he's been able to improve as the years have progressed. The second thing is when a fighter has had a journey like Charles Oliveira's uh, in terms of the ups and downs, wins and losses, um, you see, you, you tend to see a switch in how that fighter perceive, perceives himself, right? Because generally speaking, a lot of the time when fighters come into the organization, their objective, their goal, their aim is to become the champion. Um, and then something clicks, something switches within them when they realize, you know what, I'm not actually good enough to be the champion. And that's when you start hearing fighters say stuff like, oh, you know, um, I just want to entertain the fans. I just want to put on a show for the fans. Those kind of sentences in, in post-fight interviews. And when a fighter enters that sort of mind state, it's when a fighter is now basically in the territory of being a gatekeeper. And I feel like Charles Oliveira's career reflects that of a fighter that um, was destined to become a gatekeeper just because he had um, he had big wins, but then he had big losses and he had losses in which he was he was tapped out and, and, and he was he was knocked out. 
um, and it wasn't necessarily always against you know guys that were at the top of the division whether it's in the featherweight division or the lightweight division um, but he's been learning on the job he's been learning on the job and like I'm just impressed by his mind state and his just his belief in himself you know and I feel like it showed um, leading into the fight because I was watching him on um, Im embedded and, and and on on the countdown show and just the way he was speaking and maybe it's got to do with the fact that he speaks in Portuguese and I don't understand it but it feels like the world words just kind of just flow out of his mouth and, and, and float into the atmosphere and I'm sat there watching reading the subtitles thinking bloody hell this guy really is a good talker he seems he comes across as a guy that that is so self-assured and he talks so well and the reason why he talks so well is, is it feels like he's talking from experience he's not just saying things it's not his first time you know it, it's not like he's trying to convince himself in the words he's saying um, he's already convinced because he's already had those experiences that's the way I see it do you know what I mean and and I like it man I like it I like the fact that he's had this journey he's had this hard slog uh, to become the champion um, and he's consistently shown improvements and he's here he's arrived another thing that I like and this is just a side note is uh, you know back in the day when you used to watch Countdown and you used to see fighters training there was always in these like sweaty gyms and sweaty mats with loads of people there and you know it felt like this, the space is too small for the amount of people that are there training and then nowadays you see in Countdown Embedded and people are at these massive facilities, whether it's the PI or one of these super gyms in Florida or kind of wherever, San, San Diego or New Mexico, wherever, these massive facilities, state-of-the-art, all of that stuff. And it was nice to see Charles, <laughs> Charles Oliveira training in his ranch or ranch, however you pronounce it, um, in one of them old school kind of sweaty gyms with too many people in there. Um, it just kind of reminded me of how things were five to ten years ago watching footage of fighters training getting ready for a big fight um but that's by the by man um yeah i I'm, i look forward to seeing to watching charles Oliveira's journey unfold man is he going to get better is he going to keep improving um is this just a one and done is he going to lose when he first when he defends his title for like you know in his first defense of the title who knows um but the, the division is wide open and um you know, there's a lot of guys there waiting to stake their claim, looking to become king of the mountain, the king that Charles Oliveira currently is. Let me know what you guys think about the stuff that I've just said in this video. Please feel free to share your comments below. Um, if there's something that you think that I didn't touch on, please feel free to share it. And I'll give you uh, my response back in the comments. If you enjoy listening to stuff like this and you don't necessarily like watching it on YouTube, um, subscribe to my podcast. All of this stuff that I put on YouTube, I put them on, put them up as podcasts so you can, you know, listen to it on whatever platform uh, you like the best. All of the links are in the description. Follow my Instagram and Twitter. How about that? At the battle camp. And finally, like this video, share this video with a friend and subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. I'll catch you guys next time.